It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Empire Rules Podcast, sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. I'm Alex, hosting a birthday party defeat for Reading today. Uh, Coventry City came down to Reading yesterday and took away all three points giving Reading their eighth defeat in a row. To join me talking about on the field and off the field yesterday, Matt Lansley. Matt, how are you doing this morning? Getting used to this losing podcast at the moment. It's, yeah, just <laughs> seems relentless at the moment. But uh, as good as I could be after a 150th birthday defeat, I think. And uh, alongside Matt, I've also been joined by Mika yesterday. You hosted a Twitter Spaces. Uh, seemed to go down relatively well. Got some good opinions on there. Yeah, yeah, it was really good to see. I think, I think, like we were saying beforehand, it's pretty much a coping method for most of most of us now. That going in there in the evenings, whether it's to Benji or to myself, it just seems that we're all in the same boat and we're all just frustrated now. Yeah, it's a it's a nice nice little group therapy session. It seems every week at the minute for everybody. Um, and he's not even charging for it, which is really nice of him and you know of you as well. That was that was good of you all. <laughs> so yesterday, Matt was the 150th birthday party anniversary. I'm not quite sure. We'll, we'll call it a birthday party uh, just to be consistent. So the club had laid on things outside uh, the ground, uh, which we'll come on to. But obviously, I feel like the Starting point is probably the, the, the pre-match protest yesterday. Um, I mean, just give us your thoughts. I know, maybe, I think all three of us were there actually. Just give us your thoughts as to what what it was like and um, what you think might come from it or might come in the future. Yeah, well, it was obviously it's it's a starting point, I think, because I think so many fans are just getting to the end of the tether. You saw that in the game as well. We'll get onto it. Um, uh, later but you know ev- everyone's just everyone can pretty much see where the club's going right now apart from seemingly the owners the owners and the ceo 
who are the two most important people. You know, we're we're watching this week in, week out. The owner supposedly watches this tripe week in, week out. I cannot see how he does if he's watching this. And like just seeing what, what what what's happening week and week because it's just it's inconceivable that he can be watching this eight wins on the bounce and not have done anything with Pauno. And just we to don't... correct you, eight 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 losses on the bounce. Yeah. Eight losses. Sorry, what did I say? Oh, you come becoming delusional. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. My 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 brain is just almost as bad as Reading FC at the moment. Um, that's saying something. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you know and. They put out that statement in the week as well, which wasn't from the owners. It wasn't from the CEO. You could read through it. I mean, um, EFL on Quest, even they said that, 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 that you know, that this isn't coming from the owners. This is so wishy What I think they said wishy-washy. You know, everyone can see through it. And, like, do I feel sorry for the communications team for having to put that out? Yeah, I do a little bit because they're being forced to do that by the owner and the CEO who are too scared i don't know to put out a statement to to the fans but right now what you need is something from them something genuine something truthful because otherwise right now we're just a rudderless ship going head first into league one like and 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 it's 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 not changing like i've never I've, I've i've never known like a successful company business football team that has been in a crisis like this and the the owners the the, the ceos etc to just sit back and just do do nothing not say anything not give any guidance not give any structured dialogue or anything to their fans and that's the problem that's the real problem you know if if we were doing better you know they might be able to take a bit more of backseat backseat because that actually shows that they're doing something right but quite frankly in their tenure that they've been here they have done very very little right apart from one odd season last year under Paunovic, you know, and it was very odd. You know, we pretty much survived on a first eight, nine game winning run. And yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to boil, boil up. Hopefully it's the start of something, but, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was good to be there. I know people have their different opinions on it, um, whether it was successful, what it would lead to. Um, but you never know where protests will lead, but you've got to do something. Something is better than nothing. I think yesterday was the beginning of kind of something for the club. On a on a positive note, I guess in circumstances having a protest, whether it was just fifty people or whatever, however many were there, I think it needs to be the starting point for more consistent protests. Whether the next one is to do the exact same or to do something else, I don't know. That needs to be discussed. But I think yesterday was a really good starting point for the club as a whole because I think I don't think the owners would care to be honest for a while I think it would take something a lot bigger than 50 of us outside of us the megastore to make a change but if we start doing these little things more consistently they'll see the frustration they'll go right something must be wrong even if even if they've not noticed that already (laughs) yeah I think you're right um everything kind of starts from somewhere and ultimately it's the same as a podcast a company whatever everything nothing starts with massive success um my guess is there was probably i i guess around 250 to 300 people there yesterday uh if you turned up great if you didn't and thought it was embarrassing then fair enough uh it's kind of your your opinion uh, let's move on, though, Matt, to, I guess, the club's plans and celebration yesterday. 
Um, it all felt a, short like a little bit of a damp. Yeah, <laughs> it all felt a little bit like a damp squid, really, didn't it? I mean, it, it just seemed like a non-event. Birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 there was so much missing. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 I mean, to be fair, at the protest, obviously, we saw a few, a few, you know, club, club legends from, from, from years back, and you know, Medeski as well. But there was, there was nothing that actually portrayed during once you were in the stadium that, oh, this was a celebration of 150 years. They were building it up, building it up, building it up, to for this grand, you know, this grand celebration. And all we, all we seemingly got, and I don't even think they announced it, was the fact that. Kingsley got fucking Queensy up the duff, seemingly whilst he was away, and that was pretty much it. You know, like we 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 had some bumper cars and fairground rides outside, which again really wasn't the best of timing to put that. Have, have, having a fairground and circus rides there with what's going on at the club at the moment. I mean, how out of touch can you be? But it, it was it, there was just nothing. It's it was almost the saddest attempt of a of a celebration of your history. I think I've ever seen, but this is this isn't just a single time we've seen this. We like over the years, we've always seen the 106 team neglected, not celebrated. McDermott team neglected, not celebrated. Even stuff like like the Simmons Cup and stuff. You know, the, 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 these are these are our you know successes as a club, and the actual hierarchy, the the team that w- works out the events and the planning committees and that seemingly just don't seem to care and like i think we, we we've heard it before i think when i think it was kitson when he did his bbc berkshire podcast those a couple of years back didn't he when he said about the fact that you know he he felt that you know that the club just just doesn't doesn't care about you know the 106 teams or something along those lines i can't remember the exact quote and it's just so sad to see because you, you would have thought in a in a 150th birthday party celebration whatever they wanted to call it they would have at least tried to get players out onto the pitch. I remember when we went to QPR a few weeks back, they had Anton Ferdinand out on the pitch, and that was I mean, they apparently do that every week, do bringing back a. We have a legends Legends Day every year. Yeah, uh, like exactly. It, it, it shouldn't be it, this. It, yesterday shouldn't it shouldn't be a one off that we should see successful players from past eras coming to the football club. We like they should be celebrated at the football club. Successful players, successful managers who've been at the club during good times should be being celebrated by the football club themselves. And it shouldn't need a big event like 150th celebration for them to be invited back. But well, seemingly, it. yeah, seemingly none of them were, Mika. Or, or very few at least, right? Yeah. And that, I mean, we've got the thing in May, haven't we? The 2012 fee 2006. But again, if they're asking them to come to the Majeski for that, there should have been no issue with getting the whole 106, whole 2011-12 team out onto the pitch yesterday, no matter what would have happened yesterday, the mood in that stadium would have been 100 times higher if they'd have just brought them out or just brought someone from the past out who's got a bit of stature at the club. Yeah, I mean, if you, there's so many players out there who could have come yesterday. Where, where's Stephen Hunt? Where's Noel Hunt? Where's, where's Brian McDermott? Where's Steve Coppell? Like, these are, like, you know... They're, they're key people in the last 15 or 20 years. That's a, And that's only in the last 15 or 20 years. We, we've been a club for 150 years and there wasn't even a mention of Elm Park yesterday. Like, what, what, I don't understand what's going on. Where's the planning? Where's the, where's the celebration even, of history? There wasn't even a mention of John Medeski yesterday. Uh, apart, apart from the pre, 
pre-match protest when he when 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 he when he walked by and obviously got 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 you know a unanimous reception from everyone. Like, but someone someone like him, he's not going to say no to going on the pitch and just applauding the fans and stuff. Why didn't you even just do that? Just do something. It was like like, like I say, it was just the most pitiful attempt of a celebration of a history of a football club I've ever seen. You know, the EFL on Quest did more of a tribute to past players and the history of Reading FC in their two-minute segment they did than the club. And that just that says it all, in my opinion, with where the club is at the moment and how they're running it and, yeah, everything surrounding it, really. We won't go much further into the detail around the 150th because... I don't really feel like there is much more to discuss about it, unfortunately. Um, it's I, it, ultimately really disappointing effort, to be honest. I think um, from how much hype was built up around it, 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 it failed to deliver completely. Um, and I'm just talking off the field here without even discussing the actual on-the-pitch issues. Off, off the field yesterday was, was just hugely disappointing from the club. Um, and... That's kind of my my thoughts on the matter. Um, obviously, off the field, off well, sort of off the field, Mika. Um, the end of the game saw a pitch a pitch invasion. People on the pitch. I'm not quite sure what to call it. Um, but there was around, I would guess, maybe 40, 50 people pitch yeah. invaded from Y26, uh, Y25. <laughs> I mean, what, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I, I didn't know anything. Apparently, there were rumours of it happening before the game. I got told that by a steward that I know, but I, I didn't know anything about it. So I was quite, I wasn't shocked to see it, but I was also kind of like, like I, it didn't surprise me as much as it could have. I, um, I, I haven't really had a proper opinion on it because I, I, again, I see both sides of it, I think. If we're going to make a point of how badly badly the club is run, doing the worst thing possible, which is effectively pitch invading and causing a scene, that's going to wake up to somebody up top, whether that's the owners or manager, manager or whatever. But I think, I mean, I don't really know what was said to the players. Carl Hine apparently went off the pitch visibly upset. Um I saw Yeardon was confronted again. Whether that was positive or negative, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put that blame on anyone. It might have been a friendly talk, but it's one of the ones where I can see why they did it. I just don't think there was much kind of incentive behind it other than just to get on the pitch. Like if they'd have made a point and had a banner saying so and so out and then sat on the halfway line, okay, we're getting somewhere with what you want to happen. But they just ran on and then did nothing. It just didn't really, for me, seem like there was a motive behind it. And I feel like from there, we'd have to kind of see where that's going to go. Because I think we had a pretty clear message outside the ground with the protests. Obviously, there were plenty of banners, chants and all of that. And there wasn't that on the pitch. And I'm not saying to not go on the pitch, but I'm not saying to go on it. I just think there needs to be a motive behind it, which we didn't see yesterday. And it just kind of, for me, it embarrassed me a little bit. So it's just like, like, what is this? Like 40 people running on the pitch. There's more stewards on the pitch trying to get them off. So. Matt, I mean, you're not in East End. Um, so don't think anybody was 
you know, clambering over the, the advertising hoarding from in front of you. Um, but can you kind of understand why people are on the field at the end of the game? I can I can one hundred percent understand it because it's it's frustration. It's 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 and that that's what Reading FC supporting Reading FC is turning into right now. It's just pure out and out frustration. Frustration at the players, frustration at the management team, frustration at the board, frustration at the club from top to bottom. It stinks from top to bottom. And you know, they 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 I don't know the people that ran on ran on the pitch, but you know, like I, I can completely understand why why they did, because they're they're getting to the end of their tethers. Just like, just like we are, just like we are when we talk about the protest beforehand. They've just obviously done it in a slightly different way. Could it have been more structured or had more of a meaning to it? Possibly, but you know, it's probably the first time they've tried protesting like that. Like it's the first time we've tried protesting yeah. outside the stadium. You know, so everything's got to start somewhere. You know, yes, it might not have been the most you know gamely of looking protests or points to make, but like the fact that some fans are, you know earmarking it is 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 just delusional and i mean i i saw i saw a few videos like earmarking it is um oh, just 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 pointless pathetic and you know he's not going to get anywhere etc but it's like it has to be the start though doesn't it like, exactly something... exactly that it, yeah ultimately um my my, my thoughts on it are... If you if you did go on the field, if you wanted to go on the field yesterday, I can again I'm kind of with you two. I can completely understand why people wanted to and why people did. It, it, people are at the end of their tether, and the anger is just snapped for people. Um, you know, and whether that is a case of you're now not going to go to games because that's where your anger takes you, whether that's a case of you're going to protest outside beforehand because that's where your anger takes you. Or whether you're going to run on the field at the end of games, and that's where, you, like, that's where your anger takes. It all of them ultimately are a result of fans being angry and frustrated at the club and the club not listening to to fans. And it, whatever your kind of like action is of, of taking, you know, a stance against the club in some way, it's it's all legitimate, I, and I completely understand why anybody would want to go on the field at the minute. Because it, it's a case of, you know, how else, like, how do you expect to get the club to listen to you? If, if they're not going to listen by people not turning up, then, you know, fans have to, fans are going to have to do something to basically make their point. I do, I do think as well that just the, the fact that, or the, the worst things that fans can do right now is almost just turn on each other on the ways they want to voice their opinions because, that anger should be pointed at the club, not at fans that are wanting to try and get change right now, because change is what we desperately need right now. And turning on each other, calling certain, you know, movements and stuff, embarrassing, um, you know, not worthy, trying to play an I'm better than you card, you know, that is just not going to help any situation. You know, like what 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 is required right now is almost just unity between the fans on the one common goal, which is how crap this owner has been, and his stuff that he's employing. You know, some people will say that you know he, he he's he's just listened to people. That's bollocks. He's appointing these people. We're not going to go into it, obviously in detail, but like you know, the 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 anger can't be at each other in the fan base. The anger has got to be on that one common goal, which is just how poorly the club has been run right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I saw, I mean, I was outside the ground yesterday and 
I had people saying things about Pauno, about the owners and stuff. And I did. I saw someone confront another person, and then I I tried to calm the situation down. But it's just people are frustrated at the game, frustrated at the club, and then obviously when we're in the former in, people are just getting from here to here to here, just getting so riled at it that we're just t- that people are taking it out on each other. And I don't think, like you said, Matt, I don't think it's that's the way to do it. We need to people calling the protest tragic on Twitter or whatever it's been like. It's it's pointless because they're the same people that want the same goal but are doing nothing about it. We've got like with the pitch invasion. I don't, I don't. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm not saying it's wrong either. I I completely see why they went on. I completely see why people protested outside a mega store. I just think, like you said, we 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 need to come as one as not only just. EPR, 1871, Star, whoever. It has to be a whole fan base. It's not supporters exactly. groups. It's not It's not us. It's not 1871. It's not Star. It's not Tyler. Then it's, it's, it's Reading FC fans. Exactly. That's what it yeah. is. Reading Take FC fans want change. And however that is going to come about, it is it's going to be done as a like as a whole. It's not going to be you know one group here or there. Um, it, We'll, we'll move on, but I think there's going to be more protests going forwards. I think there's going to be more, I think, fans, because fans' frustrations at the minute, seemingly, we're at, what, 11.09 on Sunday morning, and Hanovich is still in a job, so I can't see how there won't be more um, more protests going forward. Um, but let's move on to the, actually, on the field yesterday. The lineup yesterday, Matt, it was the same as Tuesday night, except for John Swift came back into the team. Um, probably the right decision to bring him back into the fold. Yeah, yeah. Well, he came on, did did quite well against um, against Bristol City. Actually, looked like he 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 actually cared something, which sadly then didn't materialise yesterday, seemingly. Um, but yeah, you know the the. the the team, the team news was pretty much as expected. Probably the biggest boost was seeing Mate back. You know, the fact he's been able to get over an ACL injury and back to playing this quickly. You know, everyone knows how catastrophic ACLs and MCL injuries can be. You know, we saw how long Obita was out for. You know, 18, 20 months, and he was never the same player when he came back. When he came back after it, you know, the fact he's been able to get get back and get back into fitness, back into the team this quickly i just think it's a credit to credit to yaku um and and just his his work ethic and just love for the game really uh, may i add he's probably the best player we had yesterday in that 25 minutes he was on he was the first um it was the first time in months if not years that i've seen a drive to go forward i've his pace down that right wing for the cross um into over i mean we haven't seen that in months i i can't remember the last person who skinned someone like that it's probably the first time all season that we've seen yeah. anybody do that in reality. Um, the fact that, I mean, yeah, Yaku Mate did, did play the last 20 minutes or so. Um, the first half, Mika, I actually think Reading, again, it was similar to the Bristol City game. They weren't bad in the first half up until up until injury time. And then they let themselves down again. Yeah, it's that fear. I think we've got a fear of between the 40th and the 50th minute. I'd like to know how many we conceded. It's probably not as many as you think, but that 40th to 50th minute, I mean, every single time we just seem to capitulate. It's like whether it's a, oh, we've won the lap and we're going into half time, we'll be all right. And then 
coming out and having five minutes to warm up again. I don't know, but it just seems that we lose something in, in them 10 minutes, either side of half time. And Matt, Lucas Yao got his, I want to say, it wasn't his first goal of the season. I think it's his second goal of the season, isn't it, yesterday? And, yeah, it's uh, probably his Huddersfield. It's a difficult one because I, Lucas Yao's goal yesterday is a reasonably good header from a Julio Hoyle across. Um, and I, I want to sit and praise Yao for, for scoring yesterday, but it, what did you make of, of Yao's performance overall? It's 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 very much like like Xiao I think has been so far like he's he's not quite been the same player he was last season he's he's I don't know whether or not he's just not up to speed yet um make some nice make some nice plays on the ball sometimes links links the play up quite well which is something obviously we don't have anyway with Xiao not in the team um which which is a plus but he's just not quite. He's not getting on the ball as much. The ball isn't coming into him as much, though, as well. Um, we don't seem to be playing the same style of football that we were last year, which was very much play, playing into the feet of Zhao, play, playing out wide, etc. from there. Um, it seems to be a different style that we're playing, and it's almost seemingly to the detriment of Zhao. We're not fully utilising him, I don't feel. Um, there's a lot of long balls going up, which... For a big for a big guy, Zhao isn't the best in the air, winning knock-ons and stuff. Like so, we, we, we've we've just not not seen quite what I think what what many were expecting from Zhao um, at, at, at at this point. But I mean, saying that he's got two goals in how many games he got now? I think five for the eight. season. Oh, is it eight? Is it that many? Yeah, he played a few at the start of the season as well. Oh, of course. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with Lucas Zhao yesterday. Um, again, I just, I, it just feels like he's just not really involved. And when he is involved, it, it, it just feels like the, the, not that the game passes him by, but often the ball just bounces two yards away from Wrong him way. a lot of time. Yeah, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel like things are really going his way at the minute. Um, and despite that, we were 1-0 up. And I do think, I do think we probably, on the balance of play, were the better team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 40 minutes or so. Um, and then 47th minute, obviously it had to be an ex-Reading player who scored here, uh, Mika. Um, Dom, Dom Hyam, yeah, Dominic Hyam getting a, getting his goal as captain for Coventry against his old, you know... On the team. 150th anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The irony just is, is so obvious. And again, it's come from a second phase from a corner. And, I mean, just talk us through the goal. I mean, I I said I called it literally to my mate before I went, we'll concede from this corner because that 45th minute corner we've always had. I found it quite ironic in the fact that Panovic researched them stats of, uh, we've only actually conceded 2% of corners or set pieces or whatever. And then we go and do it again yesterday. And it just seemed, for me, I think, I, don't, I can't remember if we conceded a set piece at Bristol City. The corner as well, I think. We might have. I can't remember. But it just, for me, set pieces this year from first day of the season have been a real, real issue for us. And yesterday, again, was no difference. As soon as we get it clear, no one's following up on high. I'm, he, he had, he had set ages to shoot. Absolutely ages. And then, I mean, deflections it, it didn't help. It, it wasn't actually Haim that it had the shot. It was Hamer. Oh, was it Hamer? Yeah, Haim's yeah, touched it in. Yeah. yeah. But, but even there was... though, somebody should shut him down. 
there was an interesting stat because it was in, interesting to see you say about Panovic and the the percentage stat he seemingly brought out. But we've still we've still conceded the most goals this year from set plays, yeah. and that and that was extended yesterday. I think we're we're now I think it's fifteen. The closest to us mm-hmm. I think is Hull on thirteen. You know, yeah. fifteen goals from set plays, fifteen. Like yeah. what's it? We conceded sixty in total. One in it's but one it's, in that's one in every one in every two matches. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not a good record. Not a good which, record at all. Which Pano can can pull out stats from left, right, and centre. But when you put it like that, you know, conceding conceding a goal from a set play every other match is just shocking. Whatever way Pano tries to spin it, it's this zonal mark in that. I think he's kind of ditched it a bit now, but we had a, a real phase of zonal marking where he was. It, it just felt like every other goal we conceded was through set pieces. Um, I think it was Bristol City at home, and then we had someone else at home a week before, and it was like every goal was a set piece, and it just. It's. I mean. Not boring. <laughs> yeah, it really has. Yeah. I mean, it's, so talking talking set pieces. Um... It felt like you could probably almost write this before it happened because the 47th minute Coventry got a corner and inevitably a player runs free from the edge of the box through past three different Reading players and scores his first goal with a really very simple unmarked telemat. Yeah. I mean, as like as as we've alluded to with how dreadful we are on set plays i think this is one of the worst defended set plays you are likely to ever see it is so infuriating to 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 rewatch. it was bad enough at the time because again like 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 mika said i said to someone at the same and you know we're going to concede like after we conceded to go one one you knew at half time we were going to concede again between between 45 50 minutes i said i I said I, i said to my mate mark there i said that within 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 the first five minutes, you know we're going to be two one down, and you know we're going to capitulate from there. And what happens? We we concede a corner, and like you say, number four just he just has a complete free run in, free header. They like the blockers that are the blockers are they're at the edge of the box. They don't even try to stop the the run. No no one even then tries to take the initiative. You know I think it's Lauren and Morrison who are the front two players of of like the zonal marking players. N- neither of them try to actually make make a run to get to the ball everyone literally stands still and that includes swift who has stood on the back post who is meant to then head that ball away it's oh, it's the point, most it's pointless, it's pointless being there john swift it's pointless for you being there if you're not even going to try and block the ball sorry but yeah. like is, you might as well just not utterly stand pathetic there. Is, just, off, just off the top of your heads do, do, do either of you remember the last time we counter-attacked from a corner because i don't well, no, no, but no, no because everyone's back for a corner. Yeah, exactly. This has yeah. been brought up quite a lot in recent weeks on social media about the fact that we play with 11 men yeah. back and we don't. And, but then the funny thing is, of course, is that when we attack corners, we leave two or three men to defend because other teams do put a man forwards. So we end up with a situation where we're defending with 11, but we only attack with seven or we're six. Constantly defending. Constantly yeah. defending. And it's 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 not the first time, like like say, it's been, been brought up because... That was a game a couple of weeks back, wasn't it, where we conceded from a counter, um, from a corner. Was it Was it the Huddersfield? No, no, it wasn't the Huddersfield game. It was one of the games. Bristol City, we conceded from our own corner. Yeah. Uh, was it? That was it, yeah. That was it. Oh, my God. Um, but, but yeah, and 
it's when 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 you rewatch it and when you when you depict it. Actually, I I really wouldn't recommend anyone to rewatch it because you'll just get as frustrated and angry as I am about it. It's not worth it, honestly. It is just the most pathetic, diabolical excuse of a corner of of of, of a defending corner routine I think I've ever seen. It's just utterly, utterly pathetic. But it's this team all over. It's this Reading team all over that corner. Yes. Um... You're probably right, unfortunately. Uh, the, the game wasn't completely dead, though, at 2-1. We did actually get back into it. Uh, Yeardon got an equaliser about five or six minutes after they scored. And we scored from a corner, Matt. Um, yeah. Tom, Tom Ince with, with an interwing corner and Yeardon kind of getting a relatively free header and, and nodding home. Yeah, well, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that that free to be fair. Like, I mean, I think Co- Co- Coventry actually do do much more of a job trying to actually mark the players that are uh, uh, running in from from Reading than I think I've ever seen Reading try themselves. But yeah, it was it was it, it's just a pretty pretty standard corner of all the players I think in there. I wouldn't have picked Yeardon to be the one nodding home. Um, it just it's quite it was quite a looping corner from Tomins. It's quite an odd one when you rewatch it. Um, but it just falls on falls on Yeardon almost perfectly. And again, I don't know what their player's doing on the line because it pretty much just hits me. I don't know if he tries to handle it or something. It looks it like kinda... it bounces off his arm, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, and it looks like he's wanting to knock it away with his arm, but he's remembering that then, yeah, that'd be a red card. Um, and it just kind of just bobbles into the net from there. But but yeah, it's... It felt like we were back in the game, though. It did, yeah, because again, like, I mean, as, as much as I it frustrates me to say this, we were playing okay yesterday. And I guess when, when, when you get a result, it doesn't really matter. But that's the whole point of Reading FC right now. We, it, it, it doesn't really matter actually how we're playing because we're losing every single time. And it doesn't ma- matter how we actually go about getting a result. We just need to get a result. And we simply can't do that. And it's epitomised no. by obviously what Junior then goes on to do in the subsequent goal and capitulation. <laughs> So, yeah, make it the red card from Junior Hoyler. It's our first red card of the season, which you might I, I found a little it's surprising. His, it's his, um, I think it's the first red card as well under Poundovich. Yeah, I believe which that's is very surprising. To say that, yeah. it, it, it surprised me a little bit that we haven't had any red cards yet this season. Um, you know, frustrations you would have thought might have boiled over at some point, but apparently not. Um, both of his yellow cards were not good tackles. I don't think anybody could argue against either of them. Well, that's it. I mean, the first, I didn't even see the first one. I saw the booking, but I didn't see it. And then, as again, it's it's one of the things that we're so predictable at the moment. You see him running back. You see where it's going. And it, for me, it's just the most silly, needless, stupid challenge when you know you're on a yellow to then go and probably, I, I'm guessing it's probably worse than the first because it was an awful tackle. It was it was probably a little later, yeah. Yeah, and it just it just seemed very silly and needless. Like that ruined. I think we'd have got something out of that game. That's me being very very optimistic. Had we have had eleven men, we looked the better team on the whole up until that red card, and then obviously what <laughs> happened after that, we don't even need to go down. But inevitably, and inevitably, once we go down to ten men. The first thing that we said as our group where where we were stood was, well, we're just going to try and defend now for a point. There's absolutely no way that we're going to be able to go on and win this game. And within two minutes, it was 3-2 Coventry. Um, And I mean, to be fair, 
it's another goal, Mika, which is just encapsulates Reading's kind of like season. Yeah. It's just it, it's not it's not defended particularly well, and then there's an element of bad luck in it as well. It's the way they actually got the ball as well because they got the ball in midfield for a Aaron pass. I think it's by Holmes that just bounced off Lauren. But yeah, that's it. I mean, it's one of them. I've been saying it all season. Again, it's the one of them where you go. That is the type of goal that we've just not had the luck with. Like, I'm not saying we should have got in that position in the first place, but the massive deflection. I mean, the whole of the stadium went when he blocks it, and then it just dips in. Like, it just sums up this entire season and that's the thing that worries me with someone like Derby that wouldn't happen to them this year it hasn't there's been so many times where they've had that odd deflection here or there for them we haven't had that this year and that's for me the type of things that is going to go right we could genuinely go down now yeah I, I agree it's it it's one of those things where it only ever happens to you when you've got bad luck running through you and it's it's frustrating because, again, as Matt said, it comes around from a fairly poor errant pass from from Tom Holmes at the back, and we've lost the ball twenty five yards from our own goal. Um, and five seconds later, they score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and then they're, they're then they're three two up, and we're down to ten men, and we're chasing the game. Um, as we discussed, Yakimate did come back, made his first game, first appearance of the season. And let's be perfectly honest, and I'd be very surprised if anybody listening disagrees, the only way that Reading are staying up this season is if Yakumete basically plays every game and is our best player. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, um, again, he was our best player by country mile last night. I mean, he's been our, he'd probably been the best player we've had in 2022. That 20 minutes was something, like I said earlier, that it's just something we haven't had this season. We haven't had pace down the wings. We haven't had a drive going forward. We've had a very, very slow attacking kind of mentality, in my opinion. I don't think we attack with any speed or any urgency, even when we're losing. It just seems to be, oh, we'll stroll up the pitch. And then yeah, if we get in the box, we may shoot. If not, we'll pass it back. And then, But yesterday, Mete down that right wing just lit up the last 20 minutes. And to be fair... We looked like we could have got a point even with 10 men after that. We, yep, Reading, Reading definitely went for it in that last 20 minutes. And, and Matt, the one obvious golden chance was for Tom Ince um, after a, a fantastic, you know, fantastic move by Mate to, to get into the position. Um, yeah, how, how Ince then misses that, I really don't know. I think someone said it bobbled up and... It's a shin, but you've got I, I, watched to be the, I watched the replay on the screen afterwards, and I thought, oh, the defender must be quite close to him to have put him off or something like that. He wasn't. Watch the replay, and it was just like, oh, Ince has just completely skied it, and it was. It's yeah, and 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 it's 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 goals or moments like that 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 like Mika has said, you know, with with, with the deflected goal, when those when chances like that aren't going for you, you know, what is going to go for you? You know, right now. Like you can't, you can't see us buying a win right now. It's because of moments like that. Because you know, in those crucial moments, it's just not, it's just not happening for one reason or another. It's just not happening, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a sensational run from 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 Yaku down the side, and like we said, it's one of the first times we've seen it. And he did it a couple of times. I know we didn't always get yeah. a chance from him, but he did do it a couple of times where he just 
put the ball past his player and ran straight past him. It and it's like, I, yeah, I just can't believe that. I mean, I can believe it, but it's just so strange to think that that's the first time we've really seen anybody do that this season. Yeah. Well, like, I guess to be fair, he's the only player that can really do that within the team, isn't he? Like that has pace, that has power, that has strength, you know, like, and it's weird that he's seemingly come back in such good condition as well. Cause usually yeah. after being out for so long, Again, it's credit to Mate and the the work he's obviously put in over the last few months. I mean, because he looks he looks you know fitter, better, stronger. I mean, physically, you look at him and he looks even bigger than he was before, and he was not small before, you know. Um, so let's just hope, pray that he just he stays fit for the rest of the season and can continue doing this because you'd almost well you'd you'd say Wednesday night he's straight into the starting 11, wouldn't you say? I, I think. No, I, I agree. I don't, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be starting ahead of, well, I don't know who exactly, but he, for, he needs to start Wednesday. He needs to play the 90. He's, uh, like you said, he's arguably going to be the man who keeps us up if we're going to stay up. I don't see it coming from Hoyler. I'm not saying Hoyler's a bad player. All I'm saying <coughs> is Hoyler hasn't got that drive that we've needed, but Hopefully, Mate is a game changer, right? Mate is a game changer, and Hoylet and Ince and Deli Bashir and whoever else you want to list off, they're not going to change a game. Mate no, with a piece of talent or a piece of skill. They're luxury players, you know those those kinds of players, and will often look good in good teams. But someone like Mate has the ability to, like, say, drive on in a game, change a game, game switch, switch that switch, and you know just put the afterburners on. We just don't have that in any of those other players. And then I know we only saw, what, seven or eight minutes of, of um, Kelvin Abrifa when he came on, but um, just a quick thought, Mika, what did you think of Abrifa when he came on? Abrifa, again, probably one of our better players yesterday for that short time he was on. He, um, I saw him play in the under-18s against Man United in the FA Cup, and I said that night to my mate Reese. I went, he's got something about him that, for me, had that kind of, not in the same way, but that Elise feel to him, like the, the the skill, the ability, and for his age, seems way, way above, above where he is at, where he's already at even. Like, there was a bit when he was down in the right wing, down by corner of Eastern Eamon Dolan, and I, I don't know how he got out of it. Like, <laughs> he did something and he got out of it, and I don't call him misplacing anything. I think he's, I think he's got something about him. I think give it a year or two, he'll either be out of the club, because that seems what we do with all good players, or he'll be in that starting eleven. I don't see anything else, really. Do we know what position he actually is? Because I'm, I'm like, I, I can't lie, I don't know much about, about him. I was pretty much... Um, I'm I'm inclined to believe he's like a right wing-back, so it's right mid. Um, I, was, yeah, played... I was under the impression he was a right wing-back, but he seemed to come yeah. on at right midfield yesterday when he came on. Yeah, I got the right wing-back from the academy game. That's what I took it as. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see a little bit more of him going forwards. Um, you know, if he's going to be able to come on and put on those like cameo performances at the end of games, um, that would be, be, be handy, potentially. Looking ahead... It is a very, very big midweek game for Reading this week. And everybody is already aware of how big it is. I probably don't need to repeat it that many times. But um, 
Peterborough United away on Wednesday, Matt, on Sky, in, let's be perfectly honest here, what is probably a relegation playoff game. Because the loser of this game is not going they're not doomed, but let's let's put it what it let's let's say how it is. The loser of this game is is in the relegation zone and they're gonna find it very difficult to get out of. Yeah. Uh summed it up quite well there, I think. Um yeah, it's it can't be underestimated how big this game is for both teams. Both teams are quite frankly hopeless. You know, uh, why Sky have decided to choose this as a game, probably just to make everyone in the country laugh at how awful we both are. Um, yeah, it's... I I don't even want to think of what it will be like if we lose, to be honest. Or even if we draw, because even if we draw, it does nothing for us. Because if we draw Peterborough, I don't know who their game in hand is against, but they can still jump over us. And then you've also got Derby behind you know, yes, we've still got a game in hand on Derby, but again, <laughs> are we going to win ever? Like, and make make that game game in hand an advantage? Like, it's yeah, it's anything, anything other than than a win is just going to be almost just compiling relegation. I think, and it's crazy that we're talking about that this in mid February, but like, what what? ounce of hope have we got people keep saying oh we, we've got a team good enough to not go down we've said that for years and we've still been struggling down the bottom you know it, it's it's it, it's like how many years have we said that and yeah if if if, if we don't win sadly i like i just i'm losing all all hope to be honest i can't even really i i can't see us winning a game right now so i don't really know how playing yes peterborough are, are dog awful as well but I really can't can't see how you know we can even get a win against Peterborough. I really really hope that I am sorely wrong and mistaken. But it's just the the hope is is gone with me with this club at the moment. No, Mika, I, I'm sure I, you'll be there on Wednesday as well. So. Yeah, I'll be there on Wednesday, and I mean we can cry on each other's shoulders. Yeah, I'll see you there, Matt. Um, it's one of them ones. I, I've been saying it week it's going to be a 12 pointer let alone six it's such a big game not not only just for this season but i think for the club is in as a whole like we if we go down to league one i i don't ever see us getting out of it you have to look at bolton sunderland ipswich um portsmouth they're all struggling to get out that's a very good league for the for league one it's a really really good league and i don't i don't think our current team would be sitting in the top half of that this year like we've been poor from start to finish and if Peterborough do win I I seriously fear for this club like and that's not even just talking about this season it's the whole thing we won't go too much into it because I know how many times that people have discussed this if we go down we are beyond screwed um Mm. but I I do do agree with you Mika for certain um Wednesday is, yeah, absolutely massive. There's no doubt about it. I implore anybody who has just even a little bit of a curiosity or a little bit of um, desire to go to get a ticket and go and, like, just support don't get me wrong. Minutes. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I know they've lost eight in a row, but, like, just go support them. This is probably going to be your best chance to see Reading FC win 
this if season. they can pull it out on Wednesday, if they can pull it out on Wednesday, you know the mood is going to change dramatically. You'd hope, um, and you know it's. I, I'm not not there to you know fan shame anybody for not going, but yeah, certainly if you if you uh, can get there on Wednesday, I, I really urge you to try and get down there um, and to get to Peterborough and just Things, the numbers do make a difference. Crossed. They really do. Fingers crossed that you know the support might just drag them over the line. Um, we'll be back after the Peterborough game on Thursday with the podcast reviewing it. Fingers crossed for a win because honestly, this podcast is becoming very deja vu. Um, it's surprising that if you've managed to get to the end of this one again, congrats because losing eight in a row is is very difficult to talk about, and I'm sure it's very difficult to listen to. Um, thank you, Matt and Mika, for joining me today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will talk to you all very soon. Cheers.